Florentina's christening was something everyone present was to remember, except Florentina, who slept through the entire proceedings. After the ceremony at the Holy Name Cathedral on North Wabash, the guests made their way to the Stevens Hotel, where Abel had taken a private room. He had invited over a hundred guests to celebrate the occasion. His closest friend, George Novak, a fellow Pole who had occupied the bunk above him on the ship coming over from Europe, was to be one cum, while one of Zafia's cousins, Janina, was to be the other. The guests devoured a traditional ten-course dinner, including pierogi and bigos, while Abel sat at the head of the table accepting gifts on behalf of his daughter. There was a silver rattle, U.S. savings bonds, a copy of Huckleberry Finn, and, finest of all, a beautiful antique emerald ring from Abel's unnamed benefactor. He only hoped that the man gained as much pleasure in the giving as his daughter showed in the receiving. To mark the occasion, Abel presented his daughter with a large brown teddy bear with red eyes. "'It looks like Franklin D. Roosevelt,' said George, holding the bear up for all to see. "'This calls for a second christening. F.D.R.' Abel raised his glass. Mr. President, he toasted, a name the bear never relinquished. The party finally came to an end about 3 a.m. when Abel had to requisition a laundry cart from the hotel to transport all the gifts home. George waved to Abel as he headed off down Lakeshore Drive, pushing the cart before him. The happy father began whistling to himself as he recalled every moment of the wonderful evening. Only when Mr. President fell off the cart for the third time did Abel realize how crooked his path must have been down Lakeshore Drive. He picked up the bear and wedged it into the center of the gifts and was about to attempt a straighter path when a hand touched his shoulder. Abel jumped around, ready to defend with his life anyone who wanted to steal Florentina's first possessions. He stared up into the face of a young policeman. Maybe you have a simple explanation as to why you're pushing a Stevens Hotel laundry cart down Lakeshore Drive at three in the morning? Yes, officer, replied Abel. Well, let's start with what's in the packages. Other than Franklin D. Roosevelt, I can't be certain. The policeman immediately arrested Abel on suspicion of larceny. While the recipient of the gifts slept soundly under her red eiderdown quilt in the little nursery at the top of the house on Rig Street, Her father spent a sleepless night on an old horsehair mattress in a cell at the local jail. George appeared at the courthouse early in the morning to verify Abel's story. The next day, Abel purchased a four-door Buick from Peter Sozankowski, who ran a second-hand car lot in Logan Square. Abel began to resent having to leave Chicago and his beloved Florentina even for a few days, fearing he might miss her first step, her first word, or her first anything. From her birth, he had supervised her daily routine, never allowing Polish to be spoken in the house. He was determined there be no trace of a Polish accent that would make her feel ill at ease in society. Abel had intently waited for her first word, hoping it would be Papa, while Zofia feared it might be some Polish word that would reveal that she had not been speaking English to her firstborn when they were alone. My daughter is an American, he explained to Zofia and she must therefore speak English. Too many Poles continue to converse in their own language, thus ensuring that their children spend their entire lives in the northwest corner of Chicago, being described as stupid Polacks and ridiculed by everyone else they come across. Except their own countrymen who still feel some loyalty to the Polish Empire, said Zofia defensively. The Polish Empire? 
What century are you living in, Zafia? The twentieth century, she said, her voice rising. Along with Dick Tracy and famous funnies, no doubt. Hardly the attitude of someone whose ultimate ambition is to return to Warsaw as the first Polish ambassador. I've told you, never to mention that, Zafia, never. Zafia, whose English remained irredeemably shaky, didn't reply, but later grumbled to her cousins on the subject and continued to speak only Polish when Abel was out of the house. She was not impressed by the fact, so often trotted out by Abel, that General Motors' turnover was greater than Poland's budget. By 1935, Abel was convinced that America had turned the corner and that the Depression was a thing of the past, so he decided the time had come to build the new Chicago Baron on the site of the old Richmond Continental. He appointed an architect and began spending more time in the Windy City and less on the road, determined.